Hello and welcome to episode three of the Loud and Uninformed podcast. I'm your host, Sean, always accompanied by a very interesting man with great glasses, George Brandt. And Skylar, you're looking a little a little pale tonight. What's up? You, you okay? I don't know that I've seen the sun in a good four, five, six weeks. So well, let's get that on the schedule soon. Maybe I'm we do like a, uh, you know, sitcoms. We'll go film an episode in Australia. Let's do an Australia episode or something. Well, you know, the monetization is now we can actually get it after two episodes on Spotify. So really, he's going to start rolling in. I was right. gonna be thinking today, time. what's the cheapest endorsement deal we could possibly accept? Can we get a five dollar something going from somebody? Can she apparently make- Bang Bros is trying to you know, <laughs> get their name on some stuff. So, yeah, I was going to say me undies, but we can go right there, Jeep. Um for the listeners, don't look that up if you don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> and now uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, very excited to bring on Luke McIntyre. Luke, who are you and and what can you talk to us about today? Well, uh, howdy, everyone. Uh, nice to be on. Longtime listener. Um, first time caller. So <laughs> I'm, I went to school with these three fine gentlemen at the University of Richmond, but I am from Columbus, Ohio. So naturally, I am the Ohio State fan, the big correspondent here to college football. Um, Other sports, I'm a big hockey fan, which I know is uh, unpopular for the other hosts here, but maybe I can provide some insight on that later. But do need somebody. I've got some angry hate mail. Angry angry hockey-related hate mail? Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Hockey fans are notorious for wanting more attention for their sport. And I guess I'm in that as well. So, um, but today, Ohio State football is the game, uh, game perhaps of the season, dare I say. Um, so, yeah, that's my area of expertise is Ohio now, State. Football. I'd love to hear from the non Buckeyes fans, but what would you actually give Ohio State as a percentage uh, likelihood of winning the national championship at this at this juncture? And then what would you give them if they win against Michigan this weekend? Right now, right now, national championship, I think any competent, sane person would say it's 50 50 between Georgia and Ohio State. <laughs> I was uh, I wasn't even asking you because I knew that your answer was going to be. I, I'll give them yeah. the, the just because I one time I was forced to read this scholarly article in business school and college, and it said the smart answer is always to say forty percent. It's the economist answer because you didn't say hat fifty, but then it's very plausible if it does happen. You're like, look, I was spot on it, and you know, honest to God, like they beat Michigan. So right now, if you're saying before Michigan, it's probably like honest, like thirty. But forty percent, I'll say forty. <laughs> so who's who's even who's even left as a possibility? Because Tennessee's all but eliminated this weekend. Yeah, they're done. Uh, we got Georgia, we got TCU, we got Ohio State, so, we got Michigan. Where one of them will probably take how it. How it lays out right now, if you think about the teams, would that have a chance? You have Georgia at the top, and then you have Michigan and Ohio State in any order you care about right now, because they're going to play this weekend. Two, three, and then TCU's undefeated. If they keep winning, they'll be in. Um, USC, USC lost, so they're done. One loss, Pac-12 got, championship. Yeah, USC can make. Oregon it. lost again. They're done. Yeah. USC has to play Notre Dame this weekend, but they could theoretically get in with one loss if they beat Notre Dame convincingly. And then Clemson's the somehow too. back in the picture because they have one loss, but I kind of don't. They're like an outside shooter's chance. I think. And LSU. Both, 
Ohio State and Michigan get in as long as it's not a blowout. I think if it's relatively close. USC would have to lose in that case. And um, I think they will. But yeah, but yeah I do agree. I think a couple if teams, USC wins out. TCU so, would have to lose too. The interesting thing no. in my mind is Georgia's probably going to keep winning, beat LSU in the SEC championship, secure the one. Michigan Ohio State play each other. And then you have <laughs> you have so let's say nightmare scenario for Luke Mack here. Michigan wins. <laughs> the common team that Clemson, USC, and Ohio State will have played is Notre Dame. Now, yeah. Notre Dame did play at Ohio State in week one, very different looking team than probably at this point in the juncture. And they only lost by what was it, 10, seven or 10? 11, um, I think. Yeah, I, I was up at Columbus with Luke that night, and I don't really remember much anymore because, you know, it was a tough, tough ending for me. But uh, LeBron James was there. It was, it was cool to see LeBron. Uh, but Evan Turner? Evan Turner dabbed him up. So <laughs> Evan Turner, and he said, thanks, for, no he said, thanks for noticing me. Everybody just wants to see LeBron. <laughs> and then, but uh, but so Notre Dame played us week one, lost by 10. They beat Clemson handily. Yeah. And now they play USC this weekend. And USC has to go into this game saying, we need to – dominate Notre Dame to show the committee that we can get in over Ohio State if TCU keeps winning too. Yeah. Um which but... USC UCLA game of the weekend. I don't know if you guys stayed up for a little Pac 12 late night football on a Saturday. Yeah. That was a hell of a of game. I'm a, it was. I really was a is, have been a fan of UCLA's quarterback DTR. He's the he's been the man all year and I hate USC and I hate Lincoln Riley and I hate Caleb Williams, but <laughs> it was a great game to watch. Caleb Williams gave CJ Stroud, I think, is giving – I'd like to hear Luke Mack's opinion on this, but with that game, just with the throws he made and his, the, he put out the numbers, I think he might be giving CJ Stroud a run for his money. Are you uh, drinking red wine? Hey, it's I'm a classy gentleman. I'm in my parents' basement, you know, I'm drinking red wine. I've got the sports memorabilia all up on the most – well, Jimmy Buffett, too. Sports memorabilia, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> But Jeeber, to your point, who's who? Who are the Heisman people right now? It's C.J. Stroud. It's Caleb Williams. Um, Blake Corum got hurt, so it depends on if he's going to play this weekend. But he's supposedly in there, even though I don't think he should be. Yeah. Uh, Max I, I Duggan. Yeah. Duggan at TSC, TCU is the other one. And yeah, sadly, it's pretty much C.J. Stroud or yeah, Henry yeah. Hooker lost it. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mac, kind of go on that point. Is C.J. Stroud the best quarterback you've ever seen at Ohio State? I mean, him and Justin Fields were are probably one, too. I mean, we've had we had a tough run there with JT, dealing with J.T. Barrett. Um, he, won won after, after, he won a natty. <laughs> J.T. Barrett did not win a natty. Oh, he got oh, hurt. It was Cardale. And then those, uh, those Cardale, three, yeah, three years after were – Jones. Correct. Um, but then we've had <laughs> – Haskins, um, Justin, and now CJ. So, I mean, I think CJ and Justin are pretty comparable, not necessarily in like the way they play, but just like elite quarterbacks. I think they're both up there. So, you're not, you're I not think that Troy Smith. I mean, Troy Smith, that was 2007. I was in like second grade. I don't really have uh, some vivid memories of him playing, but I mean, he was also uh, very good, but. I mean, they're both up there, and I think it really ultimately comes down to, like, the, the Heisman moment, as they say, and those always happen these last few weeks of the year. So 
I think if CJ falls out on Saturday, like he should, then I think he's got the Heisman locked up. If he doesn't, then I think it's got room for Caleb Williams there. That was some good background, but I think you kind of danced the question. So I'm going to give you the scenario. National okay. championship. Uh, Georgia just kicked a field goal. They're up three. There's a minute and 30 seconds left. Touchback. You have the option of putting Justin Fields or CJ Stroud out there on the field to lead this team to victory. Who are you doing? Well, I think if we remember back to 2019 in the Fiesta Bowl against uh, Clemson, that semifinal, Justin had the chance. And it's actually Chris Olave that uh, broke off the route, and there was some miscommunication there. Justin had uh, threw the pick in the end zone. So I think I'll, I'll give it to CJ Stroud this time. I think he's definitely a guy. Probably the guy I'd want leading us down the field. Uh, Marvin could just run the entire way down the field as well. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, while we have you on, it might not be the time to segue quite yet, but I would love to hear your thoughts on Justin Fields' development through the NFL. But I'm not trying to throw off our showrunners. Let's let's stick to college football for a little bit longer. But you can give a a little sentence about Justin Fields in the NFL. I think it's part of it is the – I think the narrative of Ohio State quarterbacks not doing well in the NFL. I think Ryan Day, that era, has kind of put that to bed. Um, I think – those prior quarterbacks are Urban Meyer quarterbacks, which, I mean, he's running like the spread offense and running all over the field. Like JT Barrett was never going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, yeah. So I think now Cardale, though. with Ryan Dale there, Ryan Day there. But I mean, Cardale was never really like, I mean, if no. you watched that national championship, he just ran over people and then so did Zeke. So he never really had to make some great throws besides deep balls to Devin Smith. So, um, but I think – I don't think anybody should be shy of taking a high state quarterback in the first round, probably top 10 with CJ. So, um, I think the biggest problem that I don't think has been understated is the receivers are just too good. It's I, – I, I'll go out there. Every, every, every Ohio State receiver – Yeah. Every Ohio State quarterback is going to take a step down when they go to the NFL in terms of receivers, which I mean, is think, an outrageous thing to field say. receiving talent. He had a lot of right now versus when he was in the in in at Ohio State. It's unbelievable. He had a lot of Garrett Wilson one two, and then Jackson was his third. And then when Jackson was the one, he had 350 receiving yards in one game. So yeah, I mean that was an absurd game. Tough. That was yes, that was one of the best offensive performances I think I've ever seen. Um, so. Can we do a quick deep dive into what are your what are your keys to uh, winning the game against Michigan and uh, hop the fence a little bit? What is Michigan's? Well, I mean, so let's remind all the listeners: Michigan has the winning streak against Ohio State coming into this game. Correct. <laughs> Technically, if you want to, if as I see on Twitter sometimes, the Michigan clock is going on two years because they yep. ducked us in the COVID year. And then last year, I think the only reason we lost was our off- or defensive coordinator, uh, who has since gone. So everybody always says Ohio State's soft and Michigan's the bully football team. So I think that's going to be the keys to this game is going to come down to the trenches as much as Ohio State has that uh, great passing game. Ultimately, it always comes down to who's going to win the line of scrimmage. And I mean – if you look at our defense this year compared to last year, it's night and day. So yeah. 
Blake Corum is a maybe, but also I don't think it really matters. Uh, I don't really think this game is going to be close. I think Ohio State's going to beat the Ooh. doors off of them. I think eight and a half spread is what it might have gotten up to by now, but I, I would take Ohio State by – well, I think that's just free money right there. So if you want to take Ooh. that, it's my my ga- my free gambling advice. It um, is. I, I both – I both agree with you and think that it's ridiculous that that it's an eight and a half point spread for two undefeated Big Ten teams this late in the season. Like that's big vote of confidence yeah. for the Bucks. The one and thing, I mean, go ahead. Ohio State spreads are usually inflated uh, because there's always a lot more action on Ohio State from their fans and other otherwise. So there's usually a, a point buffer in there for just pure pure money on like their side i see interesting even when they play michigan i feel like michigan's got some degenerates i mean i think it was uh, i'm referring to the game in 2018 when um that was dwayne haskins year and ohio state i think already had two losses um and michigan had a chance to go to the playoff and ohio state was still favored um so and then we ended up beating them by like 20, 30 points. So I think that's going to happen again. Wow. That's kind of a bold statement. Very unbiased, but I will be there cheering on the hometown boys. So, and the, they know you're going to be there. They, they can yeah, feel yeah, oh, yeah. next in the crowd. Correct. I already let everybody know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Want to kind of test your uh, true oh. fandom here? Okay. So it's not prepared for this. I want to know the whole point of the podcast, Luke. You're not allowed to be prepared. Correct. Yeah. I am uninformed. So from 1934 to 1937. And this is everybody knows. This was the greatest stretch in Ohio State football versus Michigan. Mm -hmm. What was the the point differential between Ohio (laughs) State and Michigan? I would say conservatively, we're looking at triple digits here. Um, I would say about 132 and a half. Well, that's actually pretty close. It was 112. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give it to you. Um, right. Which stadium is bigger, the big house or the horseshoe? It is unfortunately the big house. Oh, wow. That's, but that's there have been a lot of empty seats. In the big yes, if we, so. if we looked last weekend, the entire upper bowl looked like it cleared out, even though they were in a, a dog fight. I don't see the shoe empty all that often, even against Correct. shitty teams. So. I mean, some sports fans are just better than others. It's, it's <laughs> unfortunate. Um, all right, I got I got to come more. What state has a higher GDP? Every Ohio State fan. <laughs> oh, it's got to be Ohio. Yeah, it's actually by a lot too. It's like two hundred million. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Um, who was you the third governor of Ohio? The third. Yeah. The third governor. Um, yeah. Woody Hayes. No, that's just terrible. <laughs> um, what motor company was started in Michigan? Ford. So you know what motor company was started in Michigan, but you don't know the third governor of Ohio. Where are your priorities, man? Who's the third governor of Ohio? Samuel Huntington, of course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, that's my uh, great-great-grandfather. Cool. Is it now? 
think you um, should have known that. <laughs> should have. Some more here for you, Mac. Uh, what do you think about Big Ten expansion? Are you excited to have some West Coast boys to play in the snow? I mean, I think that's electric. If you can see Ohio State or uh, USC come to Columbus or go to Penn State in a whiteout, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so obviously looking forward to it. Another thing is getting rid of these disastrous divisions because um, I don't know if you saw, but I was in the driver's seat of the uh, Big Ten West right now. <laughs> so that would be a, a nightmare matchup, but I think they said uh, all the Ohio State and Michigan people said uh, get ready for the possibility of back-to-back Ohio State and Michigan games, which would be that would be quite, crazy. That's that how it used to be. Mayhem. That was the legends and the leaders, wasn't it? Yeah, because I think Michigan was technically in the leaders, and we were in the legends, or yeah. vice versa, whichever. What kind of conference naming was that? <laughs> so I think that lasted a grand total of two months before they said they were going to change it. So. Yeah, um, I don't know whose bright um, idea that was, but okay, maybe maybe one of the final questions here, Mac. We appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man. A lot yeah. of a lot of numbers this, to crunch. Yeah, a lot of taxes Ohio. aren't going to file themselves. A lot of Ohio <laughs> state facts that you need to go read up on, catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So I want to have a little debate here. What is better, Thanksgiving Day NFL football or college football rivalry Saturday? I mean, I'm clearly biased because I've never had a dog in the fight really on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's been a while. Well, I guess semi-recently, yes, but uh, I always love college football Saturday because uh, you get the, the the game on at noon, and then you have the rest of the day to usually chill out since it's been only three times this century that Michigan's beat Ohio State. So um, usually it's a quite fun uh, rest of the day on Saturday. So. I will go college football Saturday, but I understand that Thanksgiving uh, NFL is usually king uh, with that one. But I will also leave the listeners with a, this piece of betting advice. I saw that Ohio State was minus 320 money line, and CJ Stroud's Heisman odds are minus 150. So if you think about it logically, if Ohio State wins, most likely CJ is going to look good in which case he pretty much locks up the highs. So if you're looking for a high state money line, you can just bet indirectly on that with CJ to win the Heisman. That is a tip. Big Got brain. Think um, smarter, like, not harder. All of our listeners that if you're going to gamble, do it big and risk things that you can't afford to lose. Correct. Exactly. Because you're responsible. Gambling is the only way value. to do it. <laughs> How else exactly. am I supposed to feel the rush? <laughs> Um, yeah. Skyler or Jeeb, what do you guys think about Thanksgiving Day or college football rivalry? percent. Uh, like the, the rivalry weekend Saturday is so much better than watching the Cowboys beat up on whoever they're playing, or the, I think the Lions play every Thanksgiving. Like, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch Ohio State, Michigan. I want to watch Alabama. Like, there's so many good games. I, I, I wholeheartedly I, disagree. I, 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 I would trouble you to find a more curated day beginning to end than thanksgiving and football has a massive part in that like you basically like they you got football on from noon to midnight you do on saturday too no but it's different because it's not you know you're you're watching the nfl games it's high quality football every single time no matter what like even like what you said with the lions like 
even watching something like the Jets and the Patriots last week, that was a terrible, ugly, ugly football game. You're still at the end of the day watching watching two pretty high level defensive minds in a chess match with each other. My problem with college football is you'll get these like Alabama Auburn like rivalry games, and sure, every once in a while they're competitive, but they just you know they're, they're usually competitive. It, like look at last year, Alabama was so much better all season, and it was like a I think a double overtime game. Like, weird shit always happens in these rivalry games. No, that's definitely true. And I, I like college football as much as the next guy, but I'm definitely more of an NFL person in general, and I think that the NFL on Thanksgiving is just the, the best – one of the, one of the best days of NFL, if not the best day of NFL. So, I, you I know what I'm looking better. forward to on Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, you're the tiebreaker. Tell us what you think. You know, I love college football, and, you know, Notre Dame usually – not every year, but usually plays USC this week, and it's the battle for the Golden Shillelagh, which, like, it's sick to have those trophies and stuff. But, like, NFL Thanksgiving, you, like, eat a whole bunch of turkey, and you go and sit down on the couch, and maybe maybe you have a whiskey. <laughs> a little peat to this. And then you, and you're just – you're having a great time watching some good football. I mean, like, what, what more could you want? Um, I don't know. I just feel like rivalry weekend for college football, there's just too many. Like, gee, what's the Apple Cup? Who competes for the Apple Cup? Washington, Washington State. Oh, dang. Jeeves got it. (laughs) It's actually going to be kind of interesting this year. Like, Washington (laughs) State is feisty. Gee, you should should know this one. Let's go through this. Gee, what's the 100 miles of hate robbery game? Fuck. Uh, You should know this one. Georgia, Georgia Tech? No. No, that's uh, (laughs) a good old-fashioned hatred. Hundred hundred miles of hate is a ridiculous name. Like that sounds like the trail. It's the like longest that. running division one uh football ball football uh rivalry game. I know Lehigh Lafayette's technically the longest one ever, but that's FCS. Hundred miles of hate is Middle Tennessee versus Western Kentucky. Yeah, Jeeb, you should have known that. Uh, well, that's that's an absolute knockdown drag out every day. As you said, there are a lot of games on Saturday and Middle Tennessee is not on the agenda. Although I will say right, Western right. Kentucky has a fun offense to watch. No Hilltoppers. Steve, for, for redemption, what rivalry game is called the Battle for the Rag and they get the Tiger Rag trophy? Um, I don't think they actually play this weekend, but they I think they played earlier in the year. Oh, geez. I, I know it's not. It's something to do with the – I don't know. It's uh, LSU Tulane. Better luck next time, Jeeber. All right. Well, Uh, we got to clearly do some more research on the rivalry games. Yes, we do. You know, I I feel like NFL's king. That's my opinion. But it's a 2-2 split here. Um, At the end of the day, either way, this is – I don't know if this is a hot take, but this is probably – my favorite week of sports of the year. March Madness is up there, some other things, but I think this is definitely with the, the with best the World Cup attached right now. I wish I, I don't mean, really care about her at all, but it makes it extra cool. special. But you're right. It's a great week. Correct. Yeah. Um well Mac, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the insider insight into the game. Give us give us a little bit of expert knowledge on this podcast for once. For sure. Uh, so we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for having me, fellas. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Mac. Oh, wait. See you guys. I-O. So I don't know if you guys uh, saw during the Luke Max segment, but Richmond is in a 
hell of a dogfight right now as we're speaking with Syracuse at uh, Barclays. And it looked like go, uh, looked like JG3 had 20 through the first half, which is which is pretty incredible. If you guys don't know, uh, um, the uh, point guard for Syracuse, Joe Girard III, is far and away the leading scorer in New York high school basketball history. Went to Jimmer's High School and shattered the record by the time he was a junior. So I've been a longtime fan of the kid, and he is quite the athlete. Skyler, where do you fall in the all-time New York State high school scoring chart? I think I'm floating somewhere right around 250,000, but... Oh, wow. That high? Yeah, probably not that high. (laughs) How many many total people have played? I know, right? (laughs) Probably Um, about 80% of the way down that list. Spiders are already in a mid-season form where they look like an NIT team for sure, but hopefully another miracle Cinderella A-10 run comes out of nowhere. It's a shame. Injuries kind of bit the team already early. I think beating Syracuse would be a huge step in the right direction for how young we are because we probably shouldn't be all that good for the first, you know, until conference play starts. Like this is a completely new team. Yeah, definitely a team that'll get better as the year goes on with that elite coaching from Mr. Mooney. Didn't Syracuse lose to Colgate? Syracuse did lose to Colgate. Blue blood program. Well, Arguably, Colgate's Colgate's been fantastic the last few years. What Langle's been building over there has been um, nothing short of incredible. Um, For the listener who doesn't know, I grew up right next to Colgate, so I know the coaching staff there very well. Went to camps and everything, and um, glad to see them succeeding. Yeah, Uh, Richmond sports in general on a bit of a tough stretch right here. Basketball lost their last two. Richmond lost its rivalry football game to William Mary for the CAA title. We, we have a home playoff game, though. We do, but then we got to play the number two seed, Sacramento State, right after that in California. So <laughs> it's kind of a tough draw. Sacramento. Um, but tough week for Richmond sports, but it's good that it's good that the football program is back in the playoffs, at least. They haven't been there. Don't say that. If we get an upset over Syracuse, I say that flips it all the way over. We've gone a good Um, All right. So I want to say World Cup kicked off uh, the most corrupt human right violating World Cup <laughs> that's ever existed. Fraud out the I saw that a couple of the teams captains like England, Netherlands wanted to wear a band that said one love on it. And FIFA said you'll get an automatic yellow card if you wear that on the field. Which so, isn't that bad. I'm surprised they didn't just eat that. that, that I feel like no, you can't play with a yellow card cuz then they accumulate just... over the games and then they, and then if you get like a yellow in your third game you got to go out. But uh if everybody does it, it's kind of the point. Yeah. Qatar like, got it... absolutely demolished in the opener because they stink at football <laughs> or soccer. Um but the US played today. You know, I I didn't fully understand that in soccer a tie can feel like a loss. Or it can feel like a win. And today, I now understand that a tie can feel like a loss. <laughs> I don't know that much about soccer, but I think I would know enough not to slide tackle somebody in the box when their back was turned to the goal. I mean, who knows? I know. That was just brutal. We looked good in the first half, but then as soon as Wales started putting pressure on. Also, the U.S. team looks so small. I mean, we're young. Yeah. But like. Have they just not hit puberty in their growth spurts yet? Because Wales just looks so much bigger than now, us in every position. All, of us, all players play basketball. Like I know what you're talking <laughs> right, right. about. We decided oh, yeah, that you want to know where the big guys are? Their names are Saquon Barkley and Tyree <laughs> Right, right. Um, 
tough go of it. It sounds like now, my understanding, we play England on Friday, which would be a great game. Um, of course, they're they're a little bit better than us, but I feel like if we play them tough, it basically comes down to if we lose to England, we just need Wales to lose to them by more when they play each other, and we can still get out of the group. because And goal we need to run it up on Iran. Yeah, which is going to be Wales' goal Friday when they play Iran. They're just going to try and knock in as many as possible. Um, but tough go of it. I, at, the, at the very least, it's very fun because this week is the most unproductive work week probably of the entire year. So having World Cup games on all day is 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 pretty nice. Um all right. Want to talk a little NFL? Please. Let's get combative here, folks. We're getting a lot of uh a lot of hate mail from our our cheery listeners that that were been too agreeable. So this is this is when it's gonna happen. Things are about to get explosive. Yeah. Um so my birds sneak by the Colts. I still believe in the birds. Are there any doubters out there? Yeah, I I think that they're a little bit fraudulent. I I've seen AJ Brown uh, kind of collapse health wise uh, in the late to middle part of the season, which is where we're coming. So I'm not going to be surprised when his hammies start acting up and he can't play for a couple weeks because that's what he did with the Titans. Uh, he almost cost them the game with a, a pretty boneheaded fumble. And that would have given me a little bit of joy because. <laughs> uh, See, I must say, I don't know that this game uh, made me feel worse about them. I think it made me feel better about them. Cause if you can go out and win an ugly football game, I think that's important. But I do also agree with Jeeb that I think, I think this team is a couple, like maybe a year or two away. Um, especially from looking this good in the regular season, it just it doesn't feel like something that's going to continue. But the uh, other team in the NFC that had quite the record, I think, has a much better case for being incredibly fraudulent, and that would be the eight and two Minnesota Vikings, who got absolutely ransacked this weekend. Yeah, I mean they went up against a good defense for once, and they couldn't move the ball an inch. So bad, I'd never seen this happen. CBS switched off the game i got yeah. i got the Bengals steelers <laughs> game at halftime and one of no the uh, one of the podcast super fans that we have russell cooper yeah. uh who who uh who stays very communicative with the with the hosts of the podcast <laughs> uh, shout out russell that's our he boy. probably feels that we just talked about him he's like stirring in his apartment oh my he knows yeah something <laughs> went on. but yeah uh he, he he texted us just like that's unbelievable can't believe cbs sports would turn that off and yeah i've never seen that I still think the Eagles are better than them. I think yeah. Eagles made some great additions, bringing in Linville Joseph and Dominican Sue, who are just, that's another like 700 pounds of beef that you can just put right in the middle of the defense. And I know Sue's not the Hall of Fame guy he was, but it adds great dimension to defense. We'll get Jordan Davis back. And also rumor is Frank Reich's going to come in as an offensive consultant for the Eagles. Oh, really? Jeez. Yep, yep. Oh, because man. him and Sirianni, close. Sirianni got hired from the Colts coaching staff. And I think we need Reich because it eventually worked at the end of that Colts game, but we called three straight quarterback draws. <laughs> the six the quarterback game. sneak on fourth and two that won the game that, that, you know, effectively won them the game was one of the most ridiculous play calls I've ever seen. I, like what? It was, you know, it's, I, it's, at one end you can call it creative or you could just call it just like ramming your head against a wall. <laughs> and yeah. like, I feel like we need another guy to come in and be like, Successfully, guys, open it up. mind you. 
So I spend a little too much time in Titan's message boards um, <laughs> in the deep web. And they seem to think, some people, that Frank Reich was going to come to Tennessee because our offensive coordinator, who finally called a competent game, Todd Downing, the night after flying – no, the night that he flew back from Green Bay, got a DUI. So oh, he's gonna, he's going to be out for a while. I think three games is oh. the NFL policy. Uh, so I don't know what the fuck we're going to do on offense. You guys are just going to hand it to uh, Derrick Henry in the I formation and run it five yards every time like you do every time. What do you mean? Well, you that's what we do. And even Derrick Henry <laughs> can't run when you have nine people in the box because our passing game isn't good. But our passing game did look good on Thursday. So Now, this is funny that. because this is just going to end up being all of us saying that our respective teams could use Frank Reich as an offensive yeah. guru. But the New England Patriots could definitely <laughs> use Frank Reich. I and hate the Patriots like, with a passion, and I will fully admit that. You went on a punt return. Are you kidding me? In an ugly fall. <laughs> so I'm really interested, based on what – like I, based, what we said about the Vikings, the, the Cowboys made them look dumb. And I would argue that the Patriots are have a very similar caliber defense to the Cowboys with a an offense that's about seven or eight octanes lower. So that could be another – three three stinker of a thanksgiving night football game and and we might just have to sit there and watch matt patricia call call a halfback draw on third and 15 over and over and over again rocket scientist i, I don't <laughs> understand uh, like this i i think belichick is just in general is getting a little bit too cute in his draft picks like Who's the the tackle they got out of Chattanooga? Cole Strange. Oh, he's not I think. even a tackle. He was a guard. Yeah, Cole Strange. Yeah, they could have gotten him in the second or third round. And, got him yeah. <laughs> but the offensive coordinator, like you, you don't even have anybody with offensive experience calling plays, and you, it's like I get that he just wants to win the game on his defense, but wouldn't it help to get a little bit of. When I think it's to your that. point. I think it's I think it's getting cute. I think it's going. I'm Bill Belichick. I'm the greatest coach in NFL history. Anything I touch turns to gold, and like this is gonna work. And it's at a certain point you got to go. All right, I can be a defensive and special teams mastermind and not have the bandwidth at 73 or however the fuck old he is to also like be pulling the the strings on offense with Joe judge and Matt Patricia as my like, you know, underbosses, like it's just dumb. It's not going to work. It hasn't yeah. worked. And honestly, the fact that they've been holding on to it, it this long in playoff position nicely. And, and I mean, the, something needs to change there. Frank Reich is available. If I was the guy making decisions, then I too would take Frank Reich, but I don't think it's gonna I'm going to, I'm going to roll you back there a little Skyler. Please. You said a statement that you said Bill Belichick is the best coach in NFL history. Yes. Hands and down. I'm going to use the criteria that I, I told all my Patriot fans and Tom Brady lovers. <laughs> Tom needed to do it away from Bill to get the best quarterback ever. And he did. That is true. What has Bill done without Tom Brady? That oh, is well, true. He's been, it's, it's, I still I, think he's a great coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. But I think he needs to do something without Tom Brady. Before he passes like Lombardi or Shula or Walsh, all these great coaches that actually innovated the game and didn't just so here's, to go. Here would be my counter argument because the first one would be I would lo like, I think that a lot of the Brady haters, which I know we got a couple uh, on the host panel here, 
um, <laughs> say that the defense carried him every single season, except for those offensive explosion years with Randy Moss and Wes Welker and all of that. So the first three Super Bowls, the back three Super Bowls, I don't think it's been a, a surprise to anybody that that has been the defense. But then again, Brady's thing has never been that he'll go out and he's going to give you 50. It's that he's going to score when you need him to. So I do understand that that side of the argument. But all of the other guys that you just mentioned have had had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the majority of their coaching careers. Bart Starr, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, and then Steve Young. It's like you're not going to never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> who was their quarterback when they won the Super Bowl? Don Shula won with the Baltimore Colts. And oh, but, I mean, Don Shula's got to be the best coach ever. He's got the only undefeated team. I think football's changed. Multiple, multiple quarterbacks and multiple <laughs> variations of the defense. And he did it the longest. He's also has the most wins, right? Above Belichick. I think he's in first. Yeah, yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless Belichick just passed him and it's like, Lombardi in first. No, but, wait, uh, he just passed uh, Hallis because right. he could have passed Hallis on Monday night against the Bears and ended up getting embarrassed by Justin Fields. Yeah. All I got to say, Bill Belichick, great coach. But without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick would have just been a lifelong special teams coordinator. And well, you NBC oh, would have no. gave him a nice little highlight <laughs> on the sideline every day where Chris Collinsworth's like, Ooh. and there's Bill Belichick, special teams coordinator. He's been around the league uh, a long he's the, time. He's the Matthew Slater of coaches. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, and, you know, everybody says he's so critical. But, you know, he so had legitimately, where with you... the Browns and the Patriots as a head coach. <laughs> where do you work. put him all time? If not, uh, I mean, I'm not a full on hater. I think he's still in the top three or four. Sure. Easy. Um, right, but I don't think he deserves the mantle. I think he's one. One. Yeah. I don't I think him he deserves one. the mantle. And I'll, and I'll die by that. Also, I mean, like, Jeff Saturday's already looking like he's going to be ascending to the next great coach ever. The Colts look okay. like a completely different team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> Culture, man. Culture. He's already said he's going to throw his hat into the ring for the actual job. He should. No reason not um, to. All right. One last segment here. I'm going to stick with some NFL. Um, I want you guys to go back on your knowledge a little bit here. A lot of Travis Kelsey, another just insane Sunday night football game where he basically, Patrick Mahone's obviously a great quarterback, but Kelsey was out there making the moves, making the catches that won them that game at the end, which is another thriller between the Chiefs and Chargers. Might be my favorite matchup in the NFL these days. Could be for um, a long time. Where do you think he ranks? And then I want to see how many Hall of Fame tight ends you guys can name. Oh, I love that's that. actually really hard. <laughs> so so I, I want to uh I want to start by saying I have Travis Kelsey in all three of my fantasy leagues. Wow. Uh, I it, this it doesn't even make sense to talk about this because our listening base is probably 75% of people that I have to play fantasy against, and and that's about it. Yeah. Um for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if anyone's done a study on this, but the tight end is the most undervalued position in fantasy. And for whatever mm -hmm. reason, Travis Kelsey is the only guy and you have to start a tight end. And Travis Kelsey is the only guy that's going to go out there and get you like 30 or 40, especially this year. And I, I got him at his ADP on in all three leagues would have taken him earlier. And he's been great for me and he's helped drive success and it's, and it's worked for the last, I've had him on most of my teams over the last three or four years. That being said, he's second to Gronk. I oh, agree. Wow. 
Fantasy aside, I think if you're looking at it, I mean, Tony Gonzalez has the stats. Yeah. By like he's he's the goat. Shannon Sharp, everybody sleeps on. That's a three-time Super Bowl champion tight end, Hall of Famer. I'll give you one right there. He's a Hall There's of Famer. Hall of Famer, Shannon he's Sharp. A, Tony Gonzalez a is a Hall of Famer too. Yeah. Um, and Travis Kelsey, I think, obviously will be a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's pretty much hands down at this point. And he's yeah. he's a dog. I love Kelsey. Yeah. Um, Kelsey's funny because he's almost more of like a tight ends are interesting because you could have the Gronk, like you're you could you would be playing D end if you weren't playing tight end. And then there's Travis Kelsey that's like a couple of cheeseburgers away from being a, a wide receiver. So that, <laughs> that's always, and kind of more the Tony Gonzalez mode, mold. There. Sure. That's why um, he was so great on those running teams. He was just as valuable. Yeah. Okay. We will do a little contest here to end it between Skyler and Jeep. You're going to go one at a time. The first person that can't name a Hall of Fame tight end loses. What happens if you name one and they're not a Hall of Famer? I will give it to you if they're going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. So we can do uh, by my by my bias. Sure. <laughs> that's oh, the meter is if I think they'll be a Hall of Famer. I love well, that's gonna right. present an argument in its own. Like we're good. Oh no, Jeeb. Get we fired up for it's the time. podcast. How dare us? <laughs> okay. All right, all right. I will play nice? the first one. <laughs> Me? All right. Tony Gonzalez. Easy. Are we playing the ones that we already said? Then Shannon yeah. Sharp. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Kellen Winslow. Great Who one. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, Jason Witten. He's eligible in 2026. And he will be, right? Like, just the longevity. He, I'm actually looking at a Hall of Fame tracker that has them and then puts them in. He is above a couple Hall of Famers, so I'll give it to you. On the on this legend score, what about uh, what about Antonio Gates? Yeah, he'll be a bona fide Hall of Famer for sure. When's he eligible? I'm surprised he's not. Twenty twenty four. It's coming around the corner. Uh, yeah. Uh, Greg Olson. What's your name? Hey, you don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Greg Olson is eligible in twenty twenty six. He's only above one tight end, and this guy I think played in like nineteen twenty two. <laughs> i'll i i for the about, sake of the game because i think skylar might have one more here do yeah you? what about what about dave casper dave casper is a great one he's actually the fourth greatest tight end in nfl history according he to sure is and quite the madden ultimate team card yeah. if i do say so myself <laughs> um the ones you guys did not get john Wait, Madden. I keep going. can i keep going sure um actually i don't know if i can keep going i was thinking of like the good ones. dallas clark no, he's on this list, but he won't be it either. Is Chris um, Cooley on that list? Oh my god, I forgot about Chris Cooley. I forgot right. that guy existed. I don't. I don't think he's. he's he didn't even scratch the list. Yeah. Um, the only guy below Greg Olson was Jackie Smith. I don't know. You that. guys both missed Ditka, Mike Fuck Ditka, the Hall of Fame tight end. Yeah, Ozzie Newsome, Charlie Sanders, John Mackey. Um, and then Jason Witten, who's eligible in 26. And then you have – that's when it starts to fall off. In terms of active players on this list, you have Jimmy Graham, George Kittle, and Mark Andrews. Although I wouldn't give it to any of those three yet. Yeah. Jimmy Graham's definitely not going to be one. Uh, I think Mark Andrews will be. I think he is, like, 
Obviously, he played having yeah. an unreal year, but like he is the truth. Andrews needs to keep it up for longer, though. Yeah. He does. He does. Oh, he needs like four or five more just absolute. Now, and the probably other thing, two or three. I was thinking with the like the Ravens need to do something. If I told you when Lamar won his MVP that they would have, I mean, how many playoff games have they won since then? One, if even. Yeah, they've only beaten the Titans. Unbelievable. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if, if Mark Andrews becomes a real – like, if Mark Andrews plays the way he's playing, but they can get to, like, an AFC championship, they can get to a Super Bowl, like, he can he can play on that kind of stage, that'll help a lot. But what True. do you mean they need to do something? Like, j- just have success? Just be good, yeah. Because okay, I think, yeah. like, that's what's been hurting Lamar. Because, I, I mean, I'm, like, a Lamar truther, personally. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. But at a certain point, like, winning has to matter – and I don't know how many more excuses you can really come up for the guy. Granted, they're always getting hit with injuries. Granted, he has a terrible. So, it, so is everybody. It's, it's, the NFL. it's the NFL. Yeah, exactly. You got to find ways to win despite that, not just because you got lucky with injuries. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Lamar's clock is ticking. Would you give him a blank check? Absolutely. He deserves yeah. it. Me too. The other interesting thing, and I, I think we'll debate this later on another podcast we'll save the date on this one i think it'd be great just to give him the kirk cousin treatment and franchise tag him like two more times and then <laughs> see if he still still has is healthy it's a really cruel thing to do little mar and he'll probably hold out if you do that but i think that's what they have to do because he only wants guaranteed money and like i've been saying it for the last three years like i hope it doesn't happen even as a ravens hater but like he's eventually going to tear up his knee. I mean, it's just... But I, the whole thing is like, it, it was Deshaun Watson resetting the market, and you basically go, okay, well, if the rapist can get, like, a blank check, then it's like, how does the former MVP not? Like, that's the that's the bar, and that's the whole thing. It's whoever got the last contract sets the market, and if that's where the bar is, is, is massage molester who hasn't played in three years and has not won an MVP. Has he ever won a playoff game? Yeah, yeah. They won. No, no, because no, remember they were up twenty-eight nothing, and then they lost. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. Yeah. So I don't know. I to me, it feels like hands down, you got to give Lamar anything, and then that's just what it's going to be like. Quarterbacks will just be guaranteed money from henceforth, and that's what football will be like. All right. I don't I know. Think I think I think we've run longer than any listener. At yeah. This nobody's point. nobody's listening anymore, Sean. Yeah. This is for yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. We're going to do one pick the line. Let's keep it World Cup season. England, U.S., I want the closest person to the exact score. I'm going to say, because I believe in the red, white, and blue, it's going to be a hard fought 2-2 two, two draw. Mm. I'm going to say 1-0 victory for the red, white, and blue. Oh, it's gonna be, that's optimistic. It's going to be just like the revolutionary war just the young upstarts who who come out of nowhere and dump the tea in the harbor i give i think a 2-1 victory for england unfortunately and i hope i'm wrong traitor what was that jeeper sorry 2-1 england which Dude. if you think about it where we are in the group stage like with Jeeva how definitely the been medals, like, would have been like british troops they're hiding yeah. in this pub Wait, right well, here. Well, obviously the British are going to win this. Obviously. Um, 
By the way, Izzy just wanted to say two one US is her is hers. She's our ghost listener. Two one England. Oh. She's Straight agreeing with G. Oh Jesus, gross! Yeah, get get the hell out of here. This is disgusting. Um, oh, Izzy's dad, who is a natural-born U.S. citizen, but his mom is British, is rooting for England, Wales, then the U.S. And I can't. That's that's ridiculous. First, <laughs> it's of totally ridiculous. Yeah. Might as well throw Iran in there before us. To... <laughs> <Not really. laughs> yeah, you hate the U.S. so much. Why don't you go? But I saw when I was watching the broadcast earlier, they were like, "Never before will there be a game that was that that has such a <laughs> political like." <laughs> I heard that. Too, and I was like. Yeah, funny. occupying them for like my entire life like that's brutal <laughs> yep all right well guys this was fun again um enjoyed another great long conversation here i hope you guys enjoy your thanksgiving though yeah 45 um, seconds left in a tie ball game in this richmond game so enjoy the uh enjoy the end of that fellas do we want to do we want to hang on and uh do a live reaction <laughs> like people are either listening or they aren't at this point <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we just throw oh, the a tie game one and a half times speed and just start yeah. posting them like that. Dude, What's our social media speed? intern's going to be pretty pissed that we're making him do extra I editing. Know. Yeah, that Richmond guarantee will pay him off, though. Yeah, gee, when we were at Sean's, Sean had, uh, Sean had a couple people believing that we genuinely got ourselves a social media intern at some point. What are you talking about? We do. <laughs> None of us come up with those memes on the social page. See that when we do start getting sponsors, and that's going to be soon, I think we um, need to go manscaped. Steve's <laughs> not even listening to offers. <laughs> He's going, no, we, we're taking, no, I don't want, we don't want offers. That's Loud it. and uninformed doesn't field offers. All right, we'll come to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll let you know if we're. Gee, why do you want manscaped so bad? Yeah, why manscaped? <laughs> Well, I just hear it in like every single sports it, podcast I listen to, and is. I think we need to hop on the train to get to that next level. Of, All right, um, and, I'm gonna wrap this up here. We're, we're ending this. Jeeber, keep up your 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 like hygiene. All right, that's my only suggestion. I, I don't know why you want manscaped. So he's not gonna he's not gonna do it until we get sponsored. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. You expect me to actually go pay for one? No, they're gonna send us three nice manscaped whatever it is. I think it's a lawnmower 4.0 at this oh, point. Oh, like the ball trimmers or something? They're not very subtle about it. No, no, no they're just sports. out there. Brought to you by soap. Clean yourself. <laughs> Jeeb also isn't wearing underwear until MeUndies sponsors us. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to go fully naked. You need, you need to be clothed from head to toe by our sponsors. The, the, the children at the nearby park have been frightened, to say the least. Exactly. All right. Well, shout out to anybody that stayed on and listened this long. Uh, we love you our listeners. Have. I can't believe the metrics. Yeah, what, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, they keep, they keep doubling. Get a um, hobby. Start crocheting. They keep doubling, and somehow we have ninety percent female listening to this. So shout out to all the ladies. Did you say ninety? Nineteen. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just Izzy, Christine, and my mom. So <laughs> your mom listens to this, and then we have the Jets fans, no. ladies, as well. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I let's need to wrap clean it up, it up if there's moms listening. <laughs> All right, we're ending it here. It's over. It's over. All right, bye. Guys, it's good talking. Yeah. Bye. See ya.